Hey, so Nick, I was wondering if I could get the echoey part of the cereal thing. This oh, time. You, you want the echoey part of it. Well, so I never realized that that was the cool effect that we, that we were going to be doing. Um, so, I mean, I've maybe just this one time, if I could be the, uh, the echo guy, I think I'd really get a good kick uh, out of that. I, I, I don't know. So here's the thing is, uh, I really like being the echo guy and it's kind of like my thing, you know, it's what people know me for is being the echo guy. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I'll just leave it up to a, a surprise in editing. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, this is Paul. And this is Nick. And this is Serial. Serial! Serial! So today we're going a little bit different. We're actually going to talk about the prizes you get in the cereal box. The, the prizes that are inside the cereal box. Right. That's, I think that's that's not cereal. That's not like technically cereal, though. Not technically cereal. But the stuff that comes with the cereal, I mean, it, people know cereal prizes. People know, you know, you get a box of cereal, you dig through the bottom for prizes and, and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about sort of how this concept came about and also some famous prizes, some weird prizes, and then some of our own experiences with these crazy cereal prizes. Man, I used to love prizes so much. I mean, what? did you ever get like a, I remember buying cereal and you pretty much bought it for the prize that was supposed yeah. to be in it. And you'd, you'd open the bag and like stick your arm all the way in. Oh. Try to dig out the prize. Once you got the prize, you're like, well, I don't really want this cereal anymore. And your mom's like, you're eating all of that cereal. I hope right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> because you would stick your whole arm inside of the bag to, to, to your parents' horror. Mm-hmm. They would just look at you like, you've contaminated that entire box of cereal with your dirty jam hands. <laughs> well, one thing that I always hated about it, too, is once you did that, you sort of displaced everything in the oh. bag so you could never close the 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 flip top because now it was like bulbing out through the middle yeah the, the box was never the same you could never make it the same like <laughs> you how was it how could you not just shift the bag and like make the box even though my arms were tiny i was a small child still i'd shove my hand in there and somehow like the, the box was just irreparably damaged just for my tiny hands you know it's interesting that malto meal has the packaging to do prizing that'd be easy to get to, yet because they're a value cereal, they will never do prizes. Oh, they'll never do prizes because a, a penny saved is a penny earned or, you know, <laughs> $1.5 billion worth of pennies. Like oh. still, I still can't get over that that's $1.5 billion that they got bought for. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's amazing. So when I was doing some reading, I saw, I started looking at the history of it. And so they have four distinct categories for cereal box prizes. You have, first you have an in-store prize that's distributed upon purchase. So like as you buy it, like the cashier would hand you something. And this is a a very old fashioned way of doing it. But that originally was one of the ways that you received like an incentive. That that didn't happen when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, that was very early on. And you can understand now, like logistically, it's impossible. Right. Um, The second one is it's included in the box, which- 
Best kind. Yeah, instant gratification. I want it and I want it now. Um, the third one is it's attached to the box, which we'll talk about. Um, Ralston Purina was huge into this. So the, <laughs> it was either like physically stuck to it or shrink wrapped around it. Uh, and then the fourth one, which I feel like became more the trend for the cool stuff, was the, the mail-in prize. Oh, the mail-in. Yeah. That's dedication. The, I, I get mail-in stuff now. Like certain things I buy have like a mail-in rebate and it's enough money that it makes you do it. But it's like it, it really is a test of how dedicated you are to get your $25 gift card, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, one of my one of my favorite things I ever got as a as a toy or as a prize was this baseball that I got from Tony the Tiger. It was a Tony the Tiger baseball. And the fact that I went through the process of like cutting out UPCs and then cutting out the, the, the form that was on the thing. Like it was a lot of, like it was a lot of paperwork for an eight year old to, to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then like, it actually came, like something actually came for me in the mail. Like you had to do so much work in order to get this prize mm-hmm. and then you finally get it. And it's slightly disappointing. It's like, it's a little smaller and a little more cheaply made than you thought it would be. But man, man, was it good to, to get that thing. I feel like they were always disappointing. You know, like you said, it could just be like, you're like, oh, it's not exactly what I thought. Or, oh my God, this is like uh, the letdown of the year. But I always felt like the way they sold you on the mail-in toy or the mail-in prize, like those guys are geniuses. Because you're looking at the thing and you're like, not only do I have to eat three more boxes of this same cereal – but I have to cut out the thing and it's impossible, especially as a kid, to cut those cereal boxes because they're so thick and you don't have good scissors as a child. Yeah. I mean, safety scissors are just uh, terrible. Like you either have to get the shears out that your mother would never let you use or yeah, or you're just sitting there just like carpal tunnel syndrome and you're in your wrist trying to get through the box. Like your entire <laughs> arm yeah. is throbbing in pain, but you got to get that form out. You got to get it out. Yeah. You get that thing like yelling down the halls like. You're not using my good scissors, are you? No, mom, I'm not. And then, like the the card was like so small to fill out, you know, on those little lines, all the information. Then you had to get a check or money order. Oh my god! And then you had to mail it away. And then you had to wait for it. And then, I mean, it was always felt like it was so long. Sometimes I'd forget about them. Oh yeah. And then it was all like of a sudden, six like eight weeks sometimes. Oh. <laughs> For, and for a child, that's like half your summer is gone for waiting for this toy to come. Yeah, it's the worst. It was the worst. Um, but the, yeah, they, they really marketed those well. They really sold them well. Um, so doing some some history here, of course, who introduces the first cereal prize? Is it, it's not Kellogg's. It's got to be Kellogg's. Oh, yeah, right? it's got to be. It's Dr. Kellogg's, Kellogg's for sure. Of course Dr. it's Dr. Kellogg's. Um, you the reports vary, but it's it's between 1907-1908. You get the first cereal incentive, and it was called the Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures Book. Oh, my. Um, so it's like a comic book of, like, different animals. And I didn't really understand the description, but it was sort of like a – it was like a comic book size thing. And it had these different strips that were had, like, a flip book quality. Uh-huh. So it'd have like a tiger scene and you'd open it and you'd flip through it and it was like, and it was like a tiger jumping or something like that. Right. Those were handed out in a, in the store 
So when you bought a box of cornflakes or wheat flakes or whatever the heck he was selling back then, the clerk would hand you the book. Oh. Um, so the clerk would just have like a stack of books behind the counter and <laughs> yes. just like hand them out? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, weren't most retail outlets at that time, they're like counter service. You know, it wasn't like you went and shopped the general mm. store. I think it was just sort of back there. So the idea was uh, you buy the cereal and you get the book. And this was the incentive. I mean, you can get them on eBay. I mean, they're they're available now. You can pick one up if that's your thing. Um, Maybe that's my thing. Maybe I'm really into Tiger flip books. You don't I mean, me. I mean, depending on quality. I mean, if you want VG up to, you know, E++, you know, 65 to 100 bucks, you could get mm. yourself one. Wow. Get one. Get some, Nick. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a whole box. I'm gonna get a whole, a whole retailer's box full of Tiger flip books. I don't have, I don't know what I'll do with them. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> hand them out to the happy boys and girls. Uh, in 1909, it changed to a mail-in offer, so it got so. I guess, I mean, and that's what's gonna happen, right? It got so unmanageable, it got so big that it, it turned into a mail-in offer for ten cents. Um. You would mail away for it. You'd receive it back. Are they sending dimes in the mail at this point? Yeah. I mean, they have to, right? I just, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, how else, are you, how else is a kid going to get a check or money order in order to send <laughs> to, for a dime? Do they I have, so? do, but I mean, do they even have personal checks in 1909? I don't even know. Like, uh, do are they, they have pens? I don't even know. Are they still chiseling into into slabs of granite? I just, I don't know. What's happening in 1908? I mean, you're carving into leather at the worst. Don't be so dramatic. Um, they, they probably had parchment. Yeah. So they're, they're but I don't think, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, they, you didn't have checks at home unless you were like Ebenezer Scrooge. The working class is not cutting checks. Uh, for <laughs> nobody has a personal checkbook. If you have checks, they're only in the giant books. Yeah, you like they you tear them sideways, right? Of course, of and course. it's only for for half of your wages. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by 1912, two and a half million books had been distributed. How how did they keep stats on that? <laughs> I, I'm sure it's pretty liberal. Like whatever they printed and shipped out, they counted. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. So this thing ran until 1937. So, I mean, they they ran this promotion for 30 years. 30 Same years book. for tiger flip books? Well, it was all the animals of the jungle. It wasn't just the tiger. Oh, but okay. pretty much, yeah, it's the same book. And I, I mean, they had new new editions and, and revisions come out. But it's basically they ran this same promotion the whole time. So, of course, everyone, you know, Starts getting into this and including more prizes. Um, in the late 40s, you've now got injection molding really taken off. And that's where they start coming up with these uh, plastic toys that are one piece or that you have to assemble. And it starts becoming easier and more affordable to make a large number of toys for them to include in cereal boxes. Because they can now make these little things off of one mold. So the evolution is pretty quick. Going yeah. from those cool, I mean, I've seen like cool little like like boats, like a submarine or a battleship that sort of mold that sort of morph into these weird little like I don't know. I guess Happy Meal toys is sort of where they ended up going. I, I sort of came up with an unofficial grouping of these prizes. You have obviously stickers is a big thing. You could throw a pack of stickers in there. Yeah, tons of car related stuff. 
Why cars? I don't know. I think because it's it's something that is small mm-hmm. and it's and you can play with it and it's it's a few parts, but there's a lot of car based things like matchbox car type thing. Um cards, whether it's like trading cards, baseball cards, again, anything paper based. Yeah. And then I think sense. when you sort of lean towards like the eighties, nineties later, you get a lot of spoon related stuff. You do get a lot of spoons. Yeah. I remember so many like hypercolor spoons. Exactly. Like color, that. like it changes color in milk. And you're like, <laughs> I have to have this stupid spoon. And it never really changes that much color. Like I was just like, it's, it's, I, I think, I don't know. If, is that the tricks colored milk or is it actually changing color? I don't know. It's don't like know. blue to light blue, but it's not blue, but. And then the dishwasher would destroy it because of the like, heat and it was just I'll really just mangle it. Just <laughs> mangle the thing. And then finally, that's when it would change color. It would be destroyed, but it would finally be red. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Forever it is red now. It looks it looks like the it looks like a uh, uh, like a dying bat wing. It looks like a, de- a decaying bat wing when you pull it out of the dishwasher. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's been tie-dyed. <laughs> but man, is it red? It's red and blue and yellow, finally. Finally, after all this time. Yeah. It's it's just mangled and pulverized. I asked a couple of people. I ne- I don't remember getting one of these, but like you're sort of your decoder type toy. I have I've gotten one of those before. I remember one of those. Where'd like you get a, it in? I got it in uh, uh, I don't know a cereal box. One one of the cereal boxes. But it was a uh, but yeah, it was one of those spinning dial things. It wasn't like a like a, people got decoder rings, and I don't know. Who, what lucky child ever found a box of cereal that had a decoder ring in it? Yeah. But yeah, I always got one of those. It was like one of those paper kind of wheels that are, that are stacked yeah. on top of each other with the brad in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's Those are the kind of decoders I got. Yeah, I never got like a durable metal or plastic thing that you would turn the globe on top. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Oh, dude. No. Mine were just hot garbage. That would be done in like a, 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 like an afternoon. Like, you know, you take it outside, you show it to some kids. By the time they got all their jam hands and all their greasy paws all over it, it's wrecked and you never use it again, which is fine because you never really had a reason to use it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, they make like two or three messages and that's it. Yeah, and then it's like, this is a lot of work to write a message. I'll just write my message to my friends because really I have no secrets because I'm eight. Well, and you're the only dude that got the stupid decoder anyway. So it's <laughs> right, not – you're like, here's a message and here's the decoder. And it's like, right. geez, well, here's my ATM card and here's my PIN. <laughs> that is. That's, that's the equivalent. The equivalent yeah. of giving just giving a, a thief your, your ATM card with the PIN. It's like, well, here's my secret message about all my all of my secrets yep. where I'm hiding all of my – I don't know. What, what Like toys in the yard? I don't know. What, what, what did I do as an eight-year-old? I don't know. I was born in a pod. Okay, so there were some I some cool slash weird slash interesting prizes that I found looking around here. Honeycomb did a digital watch for a long time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it's like a legit watch with like it's just honeycomb and they had all these different color schemes that make me feel like it was like the 70s to maybe the 90s. Yeah. And it just had the little screen where it would just have only the time. But it was pretty cool. I mean, it was like a real prize. Well, that's the thing. It's like Honeycomb's box is so big. You could put you could put <laughs> like a like a tuxedo in there. Yeah, you could put a thing. shoe and it's like collect all two. <laughs> right. It's uh yeah, you could fit you could fit all kinds of stuff in a honeycomb box. 
So I always wondered about Honeycomb. How dangerous is that cereal if they're try- if they could give away so much for so little? The margin on Honeycomb must be incredible. Yeah, it's got to be. Well, as we go through this, some of the most interesting or sort of the most generous prizes are coming from, you know, they're coming from two brands. Mm-hmm. Post and Ralston Purina are both doing these crazy big prize toys. Mm, right. So you've got Honeycomb doing the digital watch, which can you imagine nowadays if they try to put a digital watch in the same bag as food? <laughs> you have a lead-based battery. Uh-huh. You know, you have all those electronics in there. It would never fly. And that's why you got to – I got to feel like this thing ended in the 90s, if not soon, if not earlier. I, I feel like, like late 80s, early 90s because I remember it pretty vividly. So I think I think early 90s. And, you know, kids today, they'd pull a watch out. They'd be like, what do I do with this? I I can tell time with my phone. What do you t- – I don't – what do I need it with a watch? Why do I need this thing on my wrist? Can I buy my Frappuccino with this watch? No. Can I, can I use my Starbucks reward card on this? No, you can't. It's just the time. And I maybe, hate this. And maybe the month and date if you're lucky. No month and date. Don't even tease the audience. There was no <laughs> month or date. I'm pretty sure the watch was of the lowest quality and, and fell apart relatively quick. Pretty – like just after you got your decoder. As soon as you <laughs> as soon as you pass your decoder around to all your friends, they got their hands on it. And it kind of crumbled in their hands and you're like, well, check out this watch. And then by the time you show it to people, they're like, it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Or like oh. I can imagine you put the watch on in the morning and you're like, hey, guys, check out my new watch. I got it from the, the Honeycomb watch. And you look at your wrist and it's gone because like the strap broke walking to the bus stop. <laughs> like on the first day you are, oh, let's go with that watch. <laughs> or, or it finally made it to the bus stop. You keep getting them every time because you keep you're eating the Honeycomb just for the watch. And mm. you get there, to, you get there, you finally, you're like, man, I finally didn't drop it on the way there. But you notice like a smudge on the front of it and you kind of breathe on it so you can wipe that <sighs> – get the smudge off and as soon as you like touch the screen the whole thing just crumbles <laughs> your thumb goes through it like 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 graham cracker crumbs in your hands <laughs> the only thing i can also imagine like it's got an alarm and you're you know you're nine years old you can't figure it out so randomly it's just like and like everyone's there like i don't know it's a new watch it was a gift and nobody knows how to shut it off everybody's trying to shut everybody's just pushing all the little buttons inside which do nothing because it only tells the time so it does like you press all these useless buttons on the side and then finally you just squeeze it and break it and it's over and you just it's it's a sad day well and like who keeps the instructions for a digital watch have you noticed it's like how do we make this as small as pot like they fold it so many times but then it's like six inches thick and it's not like the honeycomb watch had instructions in it. It's just like it tells the time. That's all you need to know. Push the button on the top and then hold the button on the side. It's like there's no buttons. <laughs> I don't know how this works. What happens when the battery – if your honeycomb watch makes it long enough and the battery dies, do you even replace the battery? Yeah, throw this out. <laughs> it's basically trash. It's yeah. trash by now. It's- it probably doesn't even use like an actual battery. Like the, the battery is probably made somewhere in like – like Eastern Ukraine, and you'll never be able to find that battery ever again. <laughs> yeah. That's the I, only place that you can buy it. I figure if you can buy one now, like from a collector or at an antique mall, it's it's encased in another case filled with water, like the plutonium in Back to the Future, because it's so <laughs> delicate. They're like, we got to do not try to wear this watch. It's inside of like a neutral mass. <laughs> Just floating there. What's that? It's my honeycomb watch. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I heard that they are all they all withered away. Yeah. You've got it like in a cryogenic case next to Walt Disney. 
Oh, gosh. So that's the digital watch from Honeycomb. The next one. Now, this one's not really that crazy or silly, but in 1971, Fruity Pebbles came out with a Flintmobile, which is what it's called. <laughs> Flintmobile. Yeah, with the one where Fred drives with his feet. And it was the kind, it was like a little model car and you'd snap off the sides and the canvas top. And that thing was super cool. And the wheels worked in a way that you could actually roll it along. How big was this thing? Four inches long, five inches long. Not very big, but it was oh. super cool. It was that's, And that's the thing about the upside of Fruity Pebbles is everything but the cereal. Like you have so much. Fruity Pebbles had tons of toys and prizes because, I mean, it was anything Flintstones related you could throw in there. Right. Well, that's – and we talk about Honeycomb having such a big box. Fruity Pebbles has got a tiny box. It's very mm-hmm. slim. That box because you know their cereal are very tiny and which is why they uh become a sludge in milk and are disgusting but <laughs> yeah it's, I, i'm just surprised at how big that the toy was for such a tiny box mm-hmm. well i mean but it was packed flat so that was key as well ah that is um key. now we've got two very cool ones from ralston now we've talked about this before i feel like that ralston perina they did a lot of the uh the um the novelty cereals, like the didn't they do like they did like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Right? right. They seemed in the in the eighties and nineties, if there was a movie or a TV show or some sort of like pop culture thing, short term pop culture thing, they were probably making the cereal. Yeah. So in nineteen eighty nine, Michael Keaton Batman. They have a Batman bank, like a piggy bank. What? Shrink wrapped to the box. Yes. So it's like, if you think of Michael Keaton, Batman, arms crossed, cut off at the waist. Full, I mean, like, this thing was huge. It was probably like half the height of the box. Oh. Yes. You know, plastic mold with the coin slot. And I assume that suction cup on the bottom so you get the coins out. And that thing was pretty sweet. How bad is the cereal that you are strapping a huge bank to? And to think, like... I don't know. Maybe there was a big, maybe they felt like it was a gamble because that was like the first Batman movie to really bring back the whole franchise. But that seems like a very generous giveaway. <laughs> it really does. Basically, at that point, you're selling kids a Batman bank, and it comes with some cereal. Totally. I mean, I, I don't. I don't even know if that bank was a loss. That's kind of an interesting conversation. We're losing money on these banks. Yeah. I mean, why are we? Why are we giving away banks? <laughs> I don't. know. Like why, why, why are we giving away these banks for, for on this cheap cereal? Why are we selling the cereal? We should be sell, we should be giving the cereal away for free and selling the banks. <laughs> what are we doing? Just the idea of a piggy bank is of, of as the giveaway is weird. I guess it's one piece and it's like plastic and has no moving parts. I don't know. Well, fast forward two years later, Ralston is now doing the Adams Family movie cereal. Oh, what toy was in that? They had themed flashlights. What? You would collect all four. So it's there was a period where, do you remember you'd have like these flashlights that would have like a face on them? Yeah. Like a character face. So they had four. They had Gomez was one of them. Mm. Uncle Fester. Okay. Cousin It and Thing. And again, I mean, these are big. These are probably like, you know, Red Bull can sized, shrink wrapped. And it just, the concept of shrink wrapping these to the box, it just blows me away. <laughs> 
Like, we're not even going to try to make this logistically sound. Just shrink wrap it to the damn box, man. <laughs> the kids aren't going to mind. They're not going to care even like a little bit about that. They just, can, just, they just want you to cut it open. They don't even want, really want the cereal anymore. They just want the thing. All it is is strawberry flavored checks with some weird marshmallow. It's just the same cereal over and over. Yeah. You could take the bat shaped marshmallows from Batman cereal and put it in the Adams Family cereal. It works. Nobody would even notice. It's the <laughs> no same thing. So that was crazy. Adams Family cereal. Ralston had everything. They did do uh, Ninja Turtle cereal. And it, again, everything was checks based. It was fantastic. Ninja Turtle cereal. That, so good. That bowl, that Leonardo bowl that I had, or Donatello. I can't ever actually remember what Ninja Turtle bowl that I had, but I love that bowl, even though it, it leaked all over me every time. Oh, no. <laughs> every time it leaked on the counter, on me, on everything. But man, I would eat those Ninja Turtle nets right all up. Yeah. That was a great cereal, man. Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm really, I'm really thinking hard about it because I did a little research on Ninja Turtle cereal. I can't really remember if I got the bowl or not, but you know what I did get? Huh. I think initially it came out with a uh, – you would, could cut out a headband from the back of the box. <laughs> okay. So like the whole back is a Michelangelo headband and you cut out the eye holes and then where – I want to say – no, this would make too much sense. I mean, you'd have to fold like the little things that go over your ears. Right. I feel like that was what I ended up getting with the Ninja Turtle cereal. Not the cool shrink wrap bowl. As much as I would have loved to have that bowl. Oh, man. It was the best. Did this bowl leak because it was so shallow? Or was there like a was there a stress fracture in one of the seams? Oh, and definitely it was compromised. <laughs> yeah. The bowl's been compromised. The bowl quick. was compromised. I think from the beginning, the bowl was compromised. I mean, this this the bowl was not very substantial in any mm. way. It was it was it was molded plastic, but it was yeah not very substantial in any way. And uh, yeah, I, I just would use it so much, and you know, it go it, if it goes through like two washes, the heat from the washer like dries it like it was you know dust in the desert. It was like a, <laughs> like, a, like it looked like the Great Salt Flats after a, a few washes. So oh, that cheap yeah. plastic, man. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I remember at one point I did like a mail in off. So they had some cereal, and you do a mail in offer for a Major League Baseball helmet bowl. Ooh. And I think with with this one, what was amazing is the you look at it on the box, mm-hmm. and I, I must have been I don't know maybe middle school, like old enough to know better. But you look at the the picture on the box, and they would have like one really big one with the cereal in it, and then the selection because you could get every team. And for some reason, I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is a full size batter's helmet. And they have a whole box of cereal because, I mean, look at this thing. It's huge. Uh-huh. I remember this was like two friggin' box tops plus $3.50. Yeah. So then you have to like get your money, give it to mom. Mom writes the check, mails it in. And I get this. I remember getting this box and it was so small. And I'm like, this this can't be it. Like this, this, this is impossible. And I open it up and it was like the size of... I don't even know if they do this anymore. It was like the size of the bowl you get at a ballpark with like a Sunday in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like those helmet Sundays, <laughs> and I'm like, I get this is the worst. It held maybe half. I'm being generous, you know, half a bowl of cereal. Basically, <laughs> it was the worst, but it was airtight, and it was a miniature. It was good quality, but I'm like, this is bananas. Uh, that's um, too bad. 
then there's a couple more here. I, I tried to really find out more on this. I couldn't get a lot of details, but apparently in Ke- uh, Kellogg's did a Darkwing Duck fanny pack. Yes. Oh, why didn't I get that? I mean, that's as 90s as it gets right there. Yeah. Oh, man. I love some Darkwing Duck, too. Better watch out, you bad boys. I never watched that show. I think Nick is dead. That's uh, yeah, that's me deciding whether I want to talk to you again. So, yeah, Darkwing Duck fanny pack. Do you remember seeing that <laughs> <Right>. at all? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember seeing that at all. Because I think that I would never want the fanny pack. I, I, I want the hat. I want the hat. I yeah. don't want a fanny. I don't want like a. I didn't want Darkwing Duck emblazoned on a fanny pack. I did wear a lot of fanny packs though. I was big into the fanny packs. <laughs> I will not deny the fact that I was big in the fanny packs for probably longer than I should have been. Did you have any specific fanny pack, like a branded one or a themed one? Oh, it was a it was a body glove um, fanny pack. You remember body glove? <laughs> yes, body I do. glove fanny pack. I, oh and God, I was just like bringing things from home that like no one would ever need. Like Nick, why do you have a racquetball with you? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> you never know, dude. <laughs> just in case, I don't know. Sometimes that uh, game of squash might break out. I'll, I'll be ready. Was it uh, black with yellow? Oh, that's uh, you're thinking too highly of me, sir. No, it was. Uh, it was. A that was my formal fanny pack. <laughs> that was my black tie pack. It was like fluorescent green and neon blue. Oh. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. It, that, like the, that 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 sweet sweet early '90s hypercolor. That, that's mm-hmm. that's or not hypercolor, but you know what I mean. Like fluorescence. This, yeah. Yeah, the fluorescence. Right. I um I had a teal yes. Reebok the pump oh, the fanny pump. pack. Oh, it's amazing. So like with this with this like like this orange basketball that stuck out. Oh yeah. And oh my god, I, this is the worst. I used it, and I remember as a kid getting compliments on it. Uh-huh. They'd be like, oh, that's the pump. That's so cool, the pump. And I used to take it to the arcade at the mall, and I would, like, get all my quarters and stick it, stick the quarters in the fanny pack so that I could just keep, like, boom, like a slot machine. Like, just keep, keep them coming. <laughs> that was the only – I feel like that's the only reason I had the fanny pack. Fantastic. Um, lastly – We've got this Captain Crunch whistle. There's a whistle? Uh, yeah, and it goes woo. <laughs> sure. Um, no, no. So the, I, I could. So it's B O apostrophe S U N. Captain Crunch bosun whistle? Bosun? Wait, spell it again. B O apostrophe S U N. Bosun? Oh, a, a bosun whistle is the Botswan's call. It's, it's the captain's whistle, like when they blow it on the ship. Oh, okay. Like, oh, like in Sound of Music where he's like. Yeah. Like that one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the fact that my, my naval whistle reference is Sound of Music. It's perfect. It's, and very fitting. Very fitting for you, Paul. <laughs> so people found out that when you would. So it had like two or three holes for the tone. If you covered up one of the holes, it would give it a frequency, a very specific frequency of 2,600 hertz. Is it the brown whistle? No, no, it's not the brown noise. Thank God. (laughs) Um, But if you remember, old payphones used to use frequency like that. Oh, yeah. And if you blew into a phone, you could make free long distance phone calls. (laughs) I didn't know that. That's amazing. God, we're amazing people. I mean, people. I mean, people want to steal, and they're gonna figure out how to do it. Yeah. 
So you look now and it's pretty evident that the prizes in the cereal box are fleeting. Yeah, what happened? Where did all of our where did all of our toys go, man? Where have all the prizes gone, my where friend? Where have all the prizes gone? So there are different reasons, I guess. Um, some people cite safety concerns. We we sort of hinted on it with the the honeycomb watch, but people um, are very serious about mercury and lead, and especially with a lot of stuff being made overseas, you you know you can't control it. I know there's been recalls on like. Like glasses, like cups that McDonald's will make, like the yeah. paint has lead in it, or it's not so like toys get recalled. So like that that's part of it. Um there are a couple documented uh cases, I shouldn't laugh, of kids like actually choking on the toys. Right, yeah. But I'm it's like who, choking hazards. Who actually chokes on like I, I I I have a hard time believing that that is more than you know, double digit incidences over the life of toys and cereal. It just oh, man. I don't know. Have you ever been around kids? They're pretty dumb. <laughs> like, Hold on. What's that? Yeah, give me a sec. I'm going to just suck on this grocery cart handle for about 20 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> the number of children that I knew growing up that stuck things up their nose. That is insane. Kids are dumb. Kids are kids are dumb. And they'll and they'll just suck on things and put things in their mouths and put shove things up their nose just because, you know, YOLO. <laughs> Seriously. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, but when they talk to these different executives at these different cereal companies, the biggest thing is that they just don't work anymore. These prizes, um, they don't get people there. There's not enough incentive anymore to no, get people yeah. to buy the cereal simply because of the prize. That's interesting. Um, one thing that Kellogg's has done and a lot, of, I, I feel like a lot of people are doing, which I am, I mean, I feel like it, it's not as fun is they'll do a, like a, a online rewards, you know, so okay. you get a code yeah. and you key in the code and you earn points and you get to get stuff that way. But there's just something to be said about that instant gratification of getting, you know, a a rubber bendable uh, Cap'n Crunch within the cereal that you can like play with right away. And I mean, the, the thrill wears off in about five minutes, yeah. but it takes so much dedication to collect codes and no, put them in the thing. Paul. It's so what, much what, work. What this, what our, what our children's generation needs right now is just, is more instant gratification. There's just not enough instant <laughs> gratification for our kids these days. We really need them to teach more. Well, I don't want to cheapen the discussion by talking about the cost per prize per box. And when you shift it to something like a mail-in rebate or codes, it, it makes it less expensive. But I mean, let's be frank. That's probably what they're doing, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But there's just something about getting that prize right now. Yeah, there is. It's, it's, it's not like getting a car. I mean, it's not like you're spoiled brat by you getting your color change spoon. <laughs> but aren't you? I mean, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much are. I have a couple of prizes that I want to go over real quick. Yeah. I'm going to try to go chronologically. And I mean, we covered the helmet bowl. We covered the... Ninja Turtles stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, these last few are pretty recent, and it's kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> um, I remember as a young kid, uh, the 3D glasses. You remember that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, 3D glasses. Those were always big. cool, yeah. and it was like the blue and red. Right. Yeah. It was not like anything, but it was like, and it would be like a 3D picture on the back of the box, and it was like so lamely exciting. <laughs> it was a 3D picture on the back of the box, but really, you just looked at it, and it was just. 
you know, you could see the red and blue lines differently. It's like they, they look like purple lines. Yeah, they kind of came off the box a little yeah. bit, but not really. Yeah. Um, so that was one. The other one, both of these are tied into the Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3. There was one that was an instant gratification prize. Uh-huh. It was the lightsaber spoon. <laughs> Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. They, made the oh, noises, they were so cool. What's that? Did they make the noises? No, it was like just so it was. I ended up getting the. I, I guess it was Darth Vader slash evil Anakin um, one. And it was like a lightsaber and you'd put a little battery in it or a cave with the battery. And then you would like click the spoon onto it. So the idea is you could actually like take the spoon part off and clean it. And it was clear and you'd hit a little button and it would light up red, but no sound or anything. Okay. And of course, it's like a disposable spoon size, so it's impossible to eat with. Because I use a trowel to eat cereal. <laughs> um, so that was one. The other one was uh, this R2-D2 snack bowl. Uh, Do you know about this? I don't. No. So this was a pretty generous size um, R2-D2. So I think R2-D2's like head, like the dome part. Mm-hmm. And then you would get a base and you it held like four AA batteries and you would turn it on. And the idea is you would flip the, the head, the bowl, the R2-D2 part upside down. Uh-huh. And so it was like a bowl. And I think it, I want to say it came, it was like Crispix. Like you had two box tops or two UPCs from Crispix plus like $5.99 or whatever. Because it was like you could make your Crispix party mix. And put it in. And every time you it like moved, it would do the crazy R2-D2 noise. And I was like, this, and this was like my, uh, my wife now, you know, at the time we had just moved in together and we were at this thing and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I remember when we moved out like a, like a year or so later, we're like, I guess we just get rid of this dumb thing. Like we've never used it, but it was fun. It was right. cool. I talked to some folks at work today. Yeah. I said, give me some cereal box prizes that you really remember. Well, first I talked to my wife for the weekend and she's a big Raisin Bran fan. I I think if you don't know that already, uh, she's big fan of Raisin Bran and she remembers getting a a legit California Raisin figurine in. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I loved the California Raisins. California Raisins made me go to the library. They, they wanted me to like go get a book and check it out. And I was into it, man. I thought even at such a young age, I was like, it was, I'm like, this is so clever. I heard it through the grapevine. Raisins are made of grapes. Oh, it's so sharp. <laughs> it's amazing. I remember I had. And thus a, a pun master was yep, born. Yep. That, you can blame those guys for it. Um, there was a guy in my office who remembers that, this is the story. He said, I got a tree sapling from Lucky Charms. What? And planted it in their old house in, I want to say, Ohio. And it like really took root and grew. So I looked this up and Lucky Charms actually did a promotion for Arbor Day in 1991 where you could send away for a like a, a, a tree sapling, like a real sapling. Huh. Wow. So that was kind of neat. Good on you, Lucky Charms. I mean, look at that. Saving the, saving the planet. I mean, you're killing the children with all your sugar, but, you know, good on you. What else? Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, At least we'll have trees. <laughs> exactly. So we can tap them for sugar and make more marshmallows. Yeah. That'd be great. That's where sugar comes from, right? Trees? 
There was one more person yeah. at the office who is a little bit younger than me, but so I hadn't heard. I hadn't. I had barely heard of these, but never got in on them. Finger skateboards. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, they sound so lame. Yes, I remember finger skateboards very vividly. So when is this? When are finger skateboards a thing? It's the early aughts. It's like the, yeah, like 2000, 2005. I feel like that that's when the, the, the most popular. Please tell me you're not partaking. Uh, I knew people that were. I don't understand the, the appeal of it. Uh-huh. Man, well, so what, of all the prizes that you got, what was your favorite prize that you got growing up? Or in your adulthood when you're living with your eventual wife? <laughs> I mean, I have to say from a quality perspective, that R2-D2 bowl was pretty cool. But I uh-huh. actually, I made a lot of use out of that lightsaber spoon. I really tried to make it work. <laughs> like, I really tried to make it work. But you could fit, I mean, if you're eating, like, take Lucky Charms, you could probably fit three, maybe four pieces on the spoon and barely any milk. So, yeah, I really tried to make that spoon work. And I held on uh-huh. to that helmet bowl for a long time. Really? Yeah, I mean, if, if, even though, even though, so did you hold on to the helmet bowl and the lightsaber spoon because it made you feel like a giant? Yes, yes, exactly. I'm. I will eat these little cereals. Oh. <laughs> no. So how about you? Was it was it the Ninja Turtles bowl? I think it was the Ninja Turtles bowl. Yeah, it was the one I got the most out of, and the uh, the one I was saddest to, to leave when we had to eventually throw out the cereal bowl, and it was. I mean, it was broken. Like, it had, like, visible holes through it by the time that I was done with this bowl. Like, it was like funeral for a friend. Well, uh, oh, we should probably tell the peoples where we are on the on the onlines. Yeah, so make sure that you subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play Music, uh, whatever. I wish that they had a shorter name for that, but they don't. It's Google Play Music. Uh, and then you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Tumblr, which I swear I'm going to update more often. And um, on Instagram also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We're on all those. Here's the thing. If you want to find us, you're going to be able to find us. So if you if you magically figure out, well, I don't know where to find it and where's the, the – we just know you're not interested. And that's okay. Well, you're not looking hard. Enough. I mean we're on um, so many different networks. We, uh, I can't figure out something else we could be on that we are young enough to know how to use. <laughs> we're gonna be, we're gonna make our Snapchat account soon. I promise. No, we'll, we'll, no, that's not that. No. That don't don't listen to him, folks. Daily cereal reviews of my my jazz stylings of cereal. That's what my Snapchat account is going to be. Follow me on Snapchat. It's going to be Cereal Pod, Super Cereal Pod on Snapchat. I don't even know if that's – I think that's actually too many letters for Snapchat. But It's going to be like EdTV, but it's Nick eating cereal. Yeah. It's going to actually be probably more like Ed than EdTV. Uh, I'm just going to challenge people to $10 bets. God, I didn't – Is that too old? I didn't, was that too I didn't old? watch that show that either. It took me a minute. But like seriously, if you can't find us on whatever podcasting service that you are using, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And that's on you. That's not on us. Yeah. And, and we – again, we're open to people – Making um, requests, uh, talking about you know, the the current episode topic, or really any sort of we want to facilitate a positive serial dialogue between our fans. Not a negative one. We don't want it, we don't want your serial hating. No, unless it's fruity pebbles or cookie crisp. Exactly, those two will will take some hate. 
But otherwise, I mean, we one of us has an affinity to to these cereals, so you just gotta be cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no reason why Paul has an affinity for grape nuts. I don't understand it, but I don't have to sit here and defend myself. I know it's a good. <laughs> I know it's a good cereal. It's got staying power, literally and historically. That cereal, I put milk on my grape nuts. Historic. Oh yeah, that, th- that thing's older than dirt. It might be dirt. It's actually gravel. I think it is gravel. I think that's why it's disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. This has been the Super Serial Podcast, and I'm Nick. And I'm Paul. And this has been Serial. Serial, 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 Serial. You don't, you don't actually have to do this on